1998, every album was a new metal album. In this episode, we discuss Vanilla Ice's truly terrible new metal album, Hard to Swallow. But what if some of Vanilla Ice's peers made new metal records? Let's take a listen in at what could have been MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This, 1998. Days of the New, Episode 10, To the Extreme. that means welcome nick how you feeling man i i was feeling pretty great man the weather's been really good um and then i spent my day off of work listening to this record <laughs> over and over again yeah. and over again and i don't know why you choose to just torture me on your episode uh however bad you feel i guarantee you i feel about one thousand percent worse i have lost my fucking mind researching vanilla ice yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you must have uncovered some shit because that guy doesn't seem very complex to me. Dude, I have gone down the rabbit hole. Uh, this man's life is a Gordian knot of just insanity. And I have been trying to uncover the truth, the capital T truth. All right. Well, so for those of you wondering why we're talking about Vanilla Ice, uh, Vanilla Ice's third record is an absolute bona fide, legitimate new metal record. Yes. His third album, 1998's Hard to Swallow, was his rebirth into the world as new metal Vanilla Ice and would kind of set the trajectory for the rest of his career. So before we can really get into Vanilla Ice as the new metal artist, we need to understand his past. Now, here's the thing. It is impossible to know the actual truth behind Vanilla Ice. The man's entire history is a minefield of insane lies, self-mythologizing, backpedaling, lukewarm truths, and then more lies. So <laughs> if I get something wrong here, you can blame it on uh, over two decades of just shoveling bullshit to any reporter who will listen. You know how like Donald Trump lies so fast that you can't stop and go, wait, that's a lie, because there's another lie. And then if you go back yeah. to the old lie, somebody's like, yeah, all right, well, that's old news, but what about these new lies? It, it's that <laughs> level of lying. And it was all done pre-internet. So a lot of the interviews you see 
some of it's just lazy puff piece journalism where he's doing a press junket. So they'll just pick up like the vanilla ice has had a crazy ride and they'll grab lies and just print those. And he won't disagree. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, any, any press is good press and like, Hey, my name's in the exactly. news again. So I'm going to try my best here. Here we go. On October 31st, Halloween of 1967, Vanilla Ice was born Robert Matthew Van Winkle in Dallas, Texas. Why the name Van Winkle? Well, he never knew his biological father, and he was given the family name of the man his mother was married to at the time, the Dutch surname Van Winkle. And this is something that has been an obvious sore point for Vanilla Ice for quite some time, never knowing his birth father. In a 1990 People magazine interview, when asked about his father, he replies, I will not say anything about my father, period. I don't have a dad. Print that. So the daddy issues thing is is real, and it's there from the jump. By the time he was four, that relationship with Mr. Van Winkle had dissolved, and she remarried to a car salesman in Miami by the name of Byron Mino. Afterwards, he grew up moving between Dallas and Miami, where his new stepfather resided, and his mother taught music at the University of Miami. There was found to be zero record of his mother ever teaching music at the U, and when a reporter asked for clarification on what his mom actually did, Ice replied, none of your fucking business. The weird part is, is that his mother, Beth Mino, is a music teacher and a classical pianist, so... Go figure. That's a weird read. That's just the first lie. Like, oh, yeah, she teaches music at, at Miami University. Well, no, she doesn't. What does she do? Hey, fuck you. She's actually a, a, a music teacher. In his biography, Ice on Ice, we find out that he attended the same Miami high school as two live crews, Luther Campbell, which is pretty awesome, except for the fact he actually went to high school in Texas. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, he spent a few years at a school in Paris, Texas, and then the later two years at R.L. Turner High School before dropping out. Heather Hightower, who was classmate at R.L. Turner High School in Carleton, which I want to note is a middle-class suburb of Dallas, recalled Ice as flamboyant and liked to be the center of attention. He and his buddies formed the Pep Busters. They would do goofy yells at games. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Pep Busters. Okay. Yeah. According to a 2015 interview with the Miami New Times, at this time, Ice also developed his love for poetry, especially the works of Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, yeah, I, I see a lot of similarity in their work. <laughs> I, I, I'll never forget Edgar Allan Poe's famous, famous story about Roland and his 5.0. All I heard was shells. <laughs> uh, yeah, he goes on to say, poetry is one of the greatest things ever. I fell in love with it at a young age. I got a little library at home, and I sit down and read it at any time. I'm totally entertained by poetry, and music is poetry. When Ice isn't gangbanging, he likes to kick back and read Edgar Allan Poe. I, I, I mean, I got nothing else to say about that. I just, I, I hate this guy. And I will, I will, I mean, I'll get it out here. Ice Ice Baby is the first piece of pop music that I learned all the words to. Mm. I had the cassette single in fourth grade. It was the first song I ever had that had a swear word in it. And I loved Ice Ice Baby. Very much I imagine like how children today really love Old Town Road. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. Ice Ice Baby is the Old Town Road of 1991. Because, Nick, I'm yeah. right there with you, man. I had yeah. the I had the single, and yeah. I wore that shit out. I mean, you were either Ice Ice Baby or you were Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> yep. yep. There, there was one or the other. And you know what? 
every single bro who goes up on karaoke night and like does all the words to Ice Ice Baby, we're all that bro. I've we been all, that bro. I've been that bro. We've all been that bro. I think, actually, I think you and I might have been that bro together. I We've definitely karaoke at Ice Ice Baby before. Uh, yeah. I, I, like on 4th of July at a Galway Bay, a little uh, yeah. Irish bar in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So other than uh, being a renowned poetry buff, it was also around this time that he was exposed to movies like The Breaks and Beat Street, which forever cemented his love of hip hop and especially break dancing. Now, according to him, he would go on to teach himself to breakdance and spent the weekends busting a move at the malls for pizza and movie money. And as a result, his friends nicknamed him Vanilla, as he was the only one in the group who was not black. Eventually, he turned to battle rapping, which no, he fucking didn't. But all right, whatever. Here's another passage from Ice by Ice. This is going to cement a reoccurring theme in his life that Vanilla Ice is the best at everything and you can't prove that he's not because you weren't there. Everybody knows someone like this in high school. The guy who does totally cool shit and everything is just awesome and he's great at everything. And the minute that you call bullshit, he gets puffed up and goes, prove I didn't. You know this guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. That is who Vanilla Ice is. So here's another passage from Ice by Ice. I was the king master rapper of the neighborhood. Not to say I never got beat, so he's humble. I got beat all the time, but nobody could do everything like I could. The good ones could rap real well, but when you'd go to beatboxing, they couldn't even beatbox one lick. They'd be like, oh, I can't touch that. And then when I go dancing, they'd be really blown away. That's why I've said I've never met anybody like me. Yeah, Ice is just the best at everything. Including naming himself. (laughs) Well... As the story goes, because of his rhymes, his friends started calling him MC Vanilla, and that eventually morphed into Vanilla Ice. Vanilla, with one of his signature breakdance moves, the Icy Ice. (laughs) (laughs) The Icy Ice. Uh, and this is definitely in a time period before google when like you had to like you know how hard it is to google this like i noticed a trend where like he talks about vietnam a lot throughout like his albums like i don't know why he uses it as like a lyrical whatever try typing vanilla ice vietnam into google (laughs) it just brings up like vietnamese desserts God, I didn't even think about it, that. Yeah, it's really hard to Google vanilla ice stuff. It just brings up ice cream every single time. I showed my fiance the reams of research that I've done, the reams of research. <laughs> and she goes, do you want me to feel sorry for you? You did this to yourself. And she's not wrong. Speaking of Ice's breakdancing, I watched some footage from a 1991 VHS, Vanilla Ice and the VIP Posse, one by one, extremely live concert, and I watched his breakdance routine. So here's how it goes. A bunch of the posse come out and dance, and they all do their own thing, and everybody cheers, and then the lights go out, and Vanilla Ice makes his big entrance by doing this weird conga line gallop with the rest of the posse behind him. Then he does the worm, humps the air, gallops around, has a seizure, humps the air in a conga line, does the worm, and then humps the ground. 
That is his breakdancing. That is all this man does. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but he's not a breakdancer. That rules. While living in Dallas, he also learned to ride motocross, uh, becoming a three-time national motocross champion for Team Honda. Honda's never heard of him, and the American Motocross Association <laughs> can't back up those claims. Also, Ice has chosen the like he is active in motocross and jet skiing, and he's chosen the two biggest rich kid sports outside oh, of right, like horseback sure. riding and sailing. Yeah, bobsled. <laughs> As legend goes, he hurt his ankle doing something I'm sure was totally awesome in motocross. And while waiting for his ankle to heal, he refined his breakdancing skills. Because as any doctor will tell you, the best thing you can do for an ankle injury is nonstop breakdancing. The one thing that is true is that at some point, him and his crew would form the Vanilla Ice Posse, or VIP. And he would go up on stage at uh, this Dallas nightclub called City Lights, which had a largely African-American clientele. So according to Ice by Ice, which I'm going to be revisiting a few times, uh, a friend entered him into a talent contest at City Lights without his knowledge. So you can imagine his surprise when he was called to the stage. But because he's the best at everything he does, he fucking won. And that was how Vanilla Ice caught the attention of the club's owner, Tommy Kwan. A little bit about Tommy Kwan. He immigrated to America in 1953 at the age of five with his parents when they fled the communist takeover in China. And he had an entrepreneurial spirit from the jump, but his life was largely non-eventful until 1979 when he purchased a dying South Dallas dance club named City Lights. City Lights was a cultural landmark. The sh club showcased black music stars who couldn't get bookings anywhere else in the city. He brought people like MC Hammer, Two Live Crew, Paula Abdul, NWA. All these people came through City Lights before they got big. It was there that Ice caught the attention of Quan and began getting gigs opening up for these touring acts. Quan saw something in Ice because eventually he would use his life savings and all of the club's profits to open up his own record label, Ultrax. And he set up trade deals with studios, including Luminous Sound Studios, who in a handshake deal gave Vanilla Ice 125 hours of free recording time. And it was there that they'd cut Ice's first album, Hooked. This included nine of the 11 tracks, which would wind up on To The Extreme, including the song Play That Funky Music, and its B-side, a little song called Ice Ice Baby. Supposedly, Ice wrote the song when he was 16. So he just had this one in the tuck for seven years. Sure. Right. He claims it's based on his experiences in Florida. <laughs> well, he also says he wrote the lyrics in 30 minutes, and they are all based in fact. So the details of this song are about a weekend in Florida with his friend DJ Dishay that totally happened. <laughs> they ride down State Road A1A and are admired by jealous haters and gorgeous women and get involved in a drive-by shooting and get away with it because Vanilla Ice is a white man. <laughs> That's the song. Shay with the gauge and Vanilla with the nine. So yeah, great, great stuff. <laughs> Initially, this album and its single didn't do shit. Quan says he spent $400,000 trying to launch the demo with a promotional campaign and uh, he went, uh, went to over 60 radio stations and dozens of nightclubs throughout the South. And he also spent $8,000 to shoot the video for Ice Ice Baby. But remember, they were still trying to push Play That Funky Music. 
And it wasn't until a DJ named Daryl J on the Columbus, Georgia radio station, WAGH, flipped the single and played Ice Ice Baby, which caught like fucking wildfire. And it led to a record deal with SBK Records. They then took nine of those 11 songs, released his album To the Extreme. And this time, the lead single was Ice Ice Baby. And this is the album that would change Vanilla Ice's life. To the Extreme spent 16 weeks at the top of the Billboard 200 and sold 15 million copies worldwide. It certified seven times platinum, nabbed him a Grammy nomination, and was the first rap song to go number one, and to date is the fastest selling hip hop album of all time. To the Extreme was the fastest selling album out the box since Prince's Purple Rain in 1984. Technically, that would make Vanilla Ice one of the most successful new metal acts ever. <laughs> well, that's a stretch. Uh, well, uh, is it, though? Is it? More of his albums have been new metal than have not been. I would say he's probably the most successful new metal musician of all time. God damn it, Kevin. <laughs> oh, buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> This guy rocketed into a type of superstardom which doesn't even exist anymore. In less than a year, he's a multimillionaire. He's dating Madonna. He's a spokesman for both Nike and Coke. He has his own, like, Barbie doll action figure. Nintendo was developing a video game for him, which got shelved. And, as I'm sure you remember, he appeared in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' The Secret of the Ooze. Mm -hmm. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. But as the saying goes, mo money, mo problems. And in this case, there were three distinct issues. The first being a band called Queen and their song Under Pressure, the bass line of which makes up the entirety of Ice Ice Baby. Because he can't resist taking full credit for absolutely everything, in December 1990, Van Winkle told British youth music magazine Smash Hits where he came up with the idea of sampling Under Pressure. The way I do stuff is I go through old records that my brother has, he used to listen to rock and roll and stuff like that. I listened to funk and hip-hop because rock really wasn't my era, which, yeah, yeah okay. it was. Would you say he was born in 1967? Yeah, yeah. Okay, rock it. really wasn't my era. But having a brother like that, well, I just mixed the two, and he had a copy of Under Pressure, and putting those sounds to hip-hop was great. He would later deny and deny and deny <laughs> and insist that those two melodies were distinct because he added a beat between notes. You remember the, it goes dun-dun-dun yeah. to dun-dun-dun. Right. Ice later claimed that that rationale was merely a joke, and eventually he had his ass handed to him in court. This case that Queen brought against him for copyright infringement was settled out of court and cost him an undisclosed sum, and Bowie and all the members of Queen are now recognized as songwriters on that track. The next problem that he had manifested itself in the form of a man called Suge Knight. <laughs> uh, so remember how Vanilla Ice was the sole architect of Ice Ice Baby, and he wrote it when he was 16 and 30 minutes, mm -hmm. and it was all his idea? First off, his DJ, who was a man by the name of Floyd Earthquake Johnson, helped him write it and is also credited on it now. And there's another man who may or may not have been involved by the name of Mario Lavelle Johnson. Chocolate. Chocolate was kicking around in Dallas around the same time as Ice, where they were undoubtedly in the same room, so make of that what you will. So by this point, Chocolate has moved on to the West Coast and befriended a former L.A. Rams replacement player and bodyguard by the name of Marion Hugh Knight, known to the public as Suge. Suge is derived from Sugar Bear, a nickname because he was so sweet. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's currently in jail for running a guy over. Suge <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Knight at this moment is literally in prison for running a man over with his car. Yeah, on video, by the way. Yeah. Oh, he's so sweet. So anyhow, Chocolate sees Ice Ice Baby blow the fuck up, and he tells Suge. First, they get lawyers involved, and as lawyers are wont to do, they get tangled up in litigation. Suge is tired of fucking around almost right at the gate, so he heads over to a hotel where Ice is staying, finds him at a hotel restaurant, sits down uninvited at the table, and suggested they head up to his room. I'm going to let Ice take it from here, because of course he has to make himself look awesome. What happened was he was in my hotel room already with a few other people. Some big guys. Looks like a football team. And I just walked in the door, and they shut it behind me real quick. They had some papers there, and Suge took me out on the balcony by myself, pushed my security guard all around the hall, slapped him, pulled the gun, showed the gun. He was basically crying. He thought they was going to kill him. They had him so scared. <laughs> like... Yeah, Vanilla Ice throws his bodyguard under the bus and makes him look like a bitch. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Years later, he would recant and say in an ABC interview, I need to wear a diaper that day. I was very scared. <laughs> uh, so he goes on to say, he took me out to the balcony and he had me look over the balcony, you know? And I looked over there and he basically says to me, you're going to sign these papers. You want to come to my city? You're going to have to pay to play, brother. And I go, okay, I got the picture, you know? It was on that balcony that Suge handed him a legal document and told him to sign over his points for Ice Ice Baby. The myth is that he dangled him off the balcony, right? Um, it, it doesn't, by any, everything I've read, it doesn't seem like that happened, but Ice says that uh, Suge uh, reminds him that it's a long <laughs> way down, so it alludes to the fact that he will happily dangle him off of the balcony. Um, but either way, like I, I looked super hard, and I could not, find out like what percentage of the royalties ended up with suge knight i couldn't find out if suge knight gave any of that money to chocolate or if he just kept it because suge knight used that money to start death row records he absolutely did so dr dre snoop tupac warren g it all started there yeah without ice ice baby none of those acts well i mean they probably all still get signed and make music but it wouldn't have been on vanilla ice and early like birth west coast gangster rap the third and final issue, and ultimately his downfall, was credibility. And even in 1991, you could not take this man seriously. This was an era where hip-hop was still considered a fad, and to rally against that, authenticity was key. In an interview with People Magazine in 1990, he said, It's not about skin color. Rap is from the streets, and I'm from the streets. That's why people accept me. His biggest claim to cred is that he was stabbed. There's a number of accounts in which Ice talks about being stabbed five times. In 1986, outside of City Lights, he was accosted. And here's his totally awesome telling of the story where he loses half the blood in his body. What about his story knife fights with black gangs? Which also, black gangs? Why do they have to yeah, be right? black gangs? It's not because, I mean, this is a super racial period in time. This is like the period in time when like people... like. He sold a bunch of records because, like, parents allowed their kids to have the white rapper's album. Yep. I mean, this it's is, Elvis. like, a very racial time in America. Yeah. For sure. Ice pulls down his baggy Bermuda shorts and points to a red line on his right buttock. See that, he says? I got stabbed five times in one night. Lost half the blood in my body. He holds out his palm. See that scar? That's where I grabbed the knife and the skin peeled back to my bone. 
one time it was a gang fight and another it was a regular fight and one time I shit you not it was a member of a devil worshipping cult oh well that tracks for the date too he also interestingly goes on to describe a hate crime he committed when he's trying to uh, play up his, his hardcore image and his authenticity he actually said to Entertainment Weekly I was in one of the thuggy nasty gangs that beat people up for no reason it was terrible, very terrible, he says, for money or something, you know, or because, no, I can't say that. Well, in other words, I used to beat people up because they were, and then he gives the slightest broken wrist gesture, different. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, man. I mean, there's, you know, gay slurs on this record. So he continues by saying, and I hate it. I hate the way I used to be. And if I could go back and change it, I would. I feel so terrible now inside because I beat those people up, hurting these people for no reason. By that, he means gay people. Right, that he was gay bashing. Yeah. All of this is compounded by the autobiography I've been quoting from Ice by Ice, and that was released by his label SBK to cement his street cred. Ice would later say that he had no party in all these tall tales, except when no one can prove that he didn't do it and it makes him look awesome. His mom actually goes to say that the lies were a smokescreen to protect the privacy of the family, but a lot of it is true. Economically, we weren't able to live in the elite part of Miami. He was raised predominantly with the blacks. And he definitely was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Everyone was really racist in 1991 without knowing it. Yeah, his roommate, uh, his former roommate said, uh, Robbie has a problem with exaggerating, but he did like to hang with the brothers. Robbie is, you could say, a white black man. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, know, I mean, I mean, I grew up in a, you know, a suburban white neighborhood, and I mean, I remember a lot of people talking like that. Yep, yep. So, all this said and done, life seemed was pretty swell for Ice, right up until it wasn't. All at once, people woke the fuck up and realized what a joke he was. Uh, the Dallas Morning News ran a series of excoriating articles uh, revealing his true origin and his actual name, which his record label had tried to suppress. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The minute that you found out that his name was Rob Van Winkle, like your fucking rap credibility is done. <laughs> I mean, it, it, but it's like this is pre-gangster rap, though. So, like, most rap was pretty goofy at this time. Like, yeah, you had your public enemy, but, like... You also had MC Hammer. Yeah, right. Sir mix a lot and shit at this time. Right, and that was that was the period from about 1990 till Dr. Dre released The Chronic in 1993. Right, right. I mean, and obviously NWA made a had a big impact, but like not that still big. not 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 like you know radio hits and shit. So as soon as he was there, he was gone, and he resurfaced again in 1994 with his second LP, Mind Blowing. Ah, oh, this was from his uh, White Guy with Dreadlocks. Yeah. Band. Yeah, he had the dreadlocks and the the big booming West Coast gangster rap beats, and he big up his, his love of weed and bitches. <laughs> and there's, I listened to this album. I've listened to all Vanilla Ice albums, and I also just want to say real quick that there is a song on here where the chorus is "Roll up the hootie mac," which nobody has ever called a blunt ever. <laughs> nobody has ever said "Roll up the hootie mac." It's got disses aimed at third base and Marky Mark. Uh, that is a reoccurring theme. N neither has bothered to reply uh, to date. So, yeah, Mind Blown did not chart, and SBK dropped the Iceman. But 
He's the Rasputin of the hip-hop world and cannot be killed. So, <laughs> once again, in 1998, he re-emerged with close-crop bleach blonde hair, a shit ton of tattoos, and a ball chain necklace to give his new metal debut hard to swallow. Should we talk about the album cover? Yeah, because it looks like outtakes from the Godsmack Ladies uh, cover. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then they, like, just copy-pasted and flipped her so she's like on the cover twice yeah also like the idea of hard to swallow right and it's, it's a woman with her mouth open on the album cover yeah we get it yeah. Ice, you're gross yeah it's it's real gross ice has pretty much ruined sex for me <laughs> how did we get to the new metal point well ice was in a what he called a grunge group yeah and what was the name of that grunge group picking scabs <laughs> he described them to the av club as they're pretty rough, man. I've been into this mosh pit stage diving scene for about the past five years. I developed a band. I have a studio out here by the Metro Zoo in Miami, and we just go down there and record stuff and put it all together. It sounds tight. I play the guitar, drums, and keyboards, which begs the question, why do you have a fucking band? <laughs> also, though, like... If any of this is remotely true, like, how have none of those demos ever leaked out? How has nobody ever been like, oh, I was in Pick and Scabs with Vanilla Ice? He actually says that he finished an album with Pick and Scabs. Uh, he says, we're working on it right now. We pretty much got it finished. We just have to go in and master it down. Hopefully we can get it out. If we do this next tour, I'd like to get out and tour with the Bloodhound Gang and Corn. I'd like to maybe have Pick and Scabs as the opening act. You don't get to decide that <laughs> right hard to swallow was for whatever reason produced by the godfather of new metal ross robinson yeah i mean this is his greatest tragedy i think i cannot wrap my head around why he decided to do well, this yeah because i don't think anybody was like throwing big money behind this at this point i don't i don't really get it either i think i mean i think he kind of thought it would be funny is my only guess. If you believe what Ice says, it is another case of white privilege. Uh, here's a quote from him from wellroundedentertainment.com. So I told my manager, Monty Littman, over at the record label, and he says, have you ever heard of Ross Robinson? And I was like, no. And he goes, well, this guy produced Corn and Limp Biscuit and Sepultura and the Deftones. And I was like, wow. And he says, the guy's interested in doing an album with you. And I was like, really? You know what I what have I got to lose? And I'm like, yeah. So Ross flies down, he walks in and sees my motocross trophy, and he's a motocross racer himself. We're like totally clicking right off the bat. We had something in common. He was like, Yeah, man, I would really love to do your record. <laughs> in the time between then and when Hard to Swallow was released, who the hell knows what happened? But there was either some extreme miscommunication or just total fucking delusions of grandeur. Because Ice went on record and told people, we're collaborating on the album with a group called Corn, so you might be able to imagine a picture of what it sounds like. Corn with the Ice Man. We're also doing some stuff with Lenny Kravitz and the Bloodhound Gangs. He also has claimed uh, in multiple instances that he uh, he didn't he never listened to Corn, and mm. that. The, I mean, of course, this record might sound like them. It has the same producer, but they weren't an influence of mine. So like, he's, it's always just talking out of both sides. Yeah, he, he really he wants so badly to be authentic, and that's all he's ever wanted. So for him to go like, yeah, you know, like, 
Corn's working on. I never heard of them, but Ross says they're good, so I'm, you know, I'll give him a chance. It's just he's a legend in his own mind. What is true about this album is that he has some pretty damn good talent backing him up. Coming in on keyboards is Wes Borland of Limp Biscuits' older brother Scott. Scott Borland. On drums, we've got Shannon Larkin, the then drummer for Ugly Kid Joe and future Godsmack drummer. Nice. Guitarist Sonny Mayo, who would go on to play guitar with Head P.E. and Seven Dust. Future Puddle of Mud bassist Doug Artito. And rounding it out on the ones and twos, DJ Swamp. Hard to Swallow is 13 tracks clocking in at 49 minutes, and it begins with the track Living. He rips off Korn immediately. <laughs> like, he claims that he never listened to him, but before the song, like, before he starts rapping or whatever, he's meth scatting. He, I have the same note. He's meth. Yeah. yeah, he's meth scatting, and he's reggae toasting, and there's, like, the distorted bullhorn fast talking, and he's screaming, and he's it's an absolute mess of styles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, well, that's super consistent. The guy's got like four different accents on this album. Yeah, and I hate them all. All right, so what this song is about, first off, it's him just straight up talking about murdering everybody in the rap group Third Base. <laughs> like, it, so in 1991, Third Base put out a song called Pop Goes the Weasel, uh, making fun of Vanilla Ice, and it basically calls him like a fake-ass rapper, and it goes hard after how he was marketed as a white rapper, right? Um, it should also be noted that that song has a lyric uh, that is, uh, I'm gonna nut like a scud. <laughs> and that's extremely 1991 when we were like in the war in Iraq and the scud missiles were falling. I'm gonna nut like a scud. I, I also want to bring to attention that in the video, the character of Vanilla Ice is played by Henry Rollins. Oh, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, it's great. So three years later, Vanilla Ice leads off his new record with a diss track where he literally says he's going to shoot the members of third base in the head with his magnum. Now, the best part is he already released this song in 1994 as a rap song on his album Mind Blowing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize yeah, It's that. the same song. Oh, it just, it, it, it just now it has guitars and he doesn't quite rap it, but it's the exact same song. So like, Eight years after the third bass diss, he comes back and goes after them on a new metal record. Oh my god! Oh, and they've never responded. No, they've never responded. And like, and what is up with the chorus of this song? It's it's just a mess of like Limp Bizkit guitars and DJ scratching, while Vanilla Ice fakes a Jamaican accent, going like, "It's my living condition. It's my living condition." <laughs> like, wh why are you Jamaican now? It's bad. It's like POD uh, levels are bad. Yeah, right right off the bat on this song also, he's trying to walk back the entirety of his career. And he's telling people his last album tanked because of the label. And it's just, it's backpedaling and also trying to claim, I've always been here! Alright, next up is Scars. This is just classic Ross Robinson brain pain insane nonsense. Like, the lyric is, reality sucks, too much pain, I can't explain why I want to bash brains. <sighs> I can't believe he put his name on this. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a daddy issue song. Yeah, I mean, it's a yeah. I mean, it's a straight up new metal. I hate you, dad song. Yeah, he's screaming about his dad and just letting it all out there. Staying true to his family. He's trying to keep up with the beat, and he's just like half a tick behind. <laughs> and uh, th th this would have benefited a lot from a few like trapped screams of like the. <laughs> oh, totally. 
But it wasn't invented yet. It was too early. Next up is, I'm not even going to call it a song. It's called Ecstasy. It's nine seconds long. Why is it there? Yeah, yeah. But my, my note, I only have one note, and it's in bold, and it says, what is the point of this? <laughs> yep. Uh, my, my note is all in bold, and it's, why? <laughs> <laughs> Next song is Fuck Me. And before we get into that, I want to return to uh, Cursing as told in Ice by Ice. The thing is, I wouldn't do it unless some other rappers started cursing and dissing me and the crowd started liking it, he writes. Because if the crowd starts liking the cursing part, that means to win, you have to curse back at them. Ice maintains in the book that his raps were clean on records because I don't need to put in dirty words to express myself. Didn't he later go on to perform at the Gathering of the Juggalos? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, Ice has been embraced by the, uh, by the Juggalos. Um, so this song actually talks about his beef with chocolate and, uh, and the whole Suge Knight dangling off a balcony thing and all of that. So there's a lyric on the track that says, uh, like a phony acting like you was my homie, like genuine, you tried to ride me like a pony. Ooh. And, and he's straight up talking about chocolate. Um, also, Googling this story is fucking impossible. Try Googling chocolate versus vanilla ice into Google, and you just get fucking ice cream. <laughs> well, Nick, which is it? I mean, I'll, I'll take chocolate every time. I'm a big French vanilla guy. Uh, you're boring. Not that... No, French vanilla, they put the egg yolk in. I don't want any of that Briar's vanilla bean bullshit. <laughs> I think they forgot to master this song. Um... <laughs> I, I think I know what Ross Robinson is doing here. It, it sounds like the latter half of uh, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Silence uh, by Glassjaw, except this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but it's very raw. And it's th there is the rare sighting of a solo. Uh-huh. Lyrically, he's trying to uh, reclaim his identity, but unfortunately, he has no idea what that identity yeah, is. It, it depends on what year it is. Next up is An Interlude Valley of Tears. Uh, so five songs in, we're somehow only three songs in. <laughs> so yeah, the next one is um, Zigzag Stories. <laughs> it's a drug song. It's, you know, it's a weed song. And it's also one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's really terrible. I mean, what's the lyric? He's getting butt naked with Mary Jane. Like, this guy's not good at symbolism or lyrics. <laughs> there are dudes who make weed feel gross, mm -hmm. and he is one of them. Like, if I'm going to get high, I want to be outdoors in the mountains. I want to be near water. Uh, you know, I want to use a vape pen or maybe some edibles, something that won't hurt my throat. <laughs> I want to really enjoy smoking marijuana. He makes it feel like that dark, damp basement apartment with like old brown plush carpet and everything stained yeah. in nicotine. Yeah, it's and, just like old bong water. Yeah, and you just want to get the fuck out of there because you just feel like you're a disappointment yeah, to your like, parents. Like Confederate flag hanging on the wall. Oh yeah, like and, and it's it's the guy who won't let you leave. Like he's got like a Cottonmouth Kings DVD he wants you to watch, and you're just like, fuck, I never want to smoke weed again. Uh, and yeah. he also doesn't he doesn't want to smoke weed as much as he wants to fuck weed. <laughs> it's so gross. In this album he has ruined having sex and smoking weed. <laughs> it's the worst. Uh the track ends with like funny coughing. <laughs> okay, yeah. ease up Cheech and John. <laughs> 
Ice does claim to have OD'd on heroin prior to recording this album, and in his hospital bed, he forever swore off drugs and found God. So this album is just pure pandering. It's too bad he didn't overdose all the way. (laughs) (laughs) Try harder. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Um, All right, so the next song is the notable song. Here's what we've been waiting for. So the next song is called Too Cold, and I'm sure most of you listening haven't heard this album. Um, I heard it when it came out. Again, my friend Jared had it for some reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, this song is a remake of Ice Ice Baby with new metal guitars. And heavy DJing. Oh, lots of DJing, yeah. Lots of DJing. I just hope that Wes Borland's brother and the guitar player from Snot got a good paycheck for this because fuck. I just want to listen to the original. I think I went um, back and listened to the original. Uh, I, I did. The original comes on at my work all the time. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Nothing makes me want to gamble. Like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I kind of like the guitar part. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> A little bit. This song is garbage. <laughs> I this know, song but, is fun. But I know all the words, Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't change the words, which is kind of nice. I know, and he doesn't go like, ice, ice, baby, too cold. It's like, ice, ice, baby. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold, too cold. It's real bad, guys. Yeah, it's like if you poured stale Mountain Dew and bong water onto your copy of To the Extreme (laughs) and put it in a CD player, this is what it would sound like. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it, it's clear that, like, they were like, go go get high or do whatever you're going to do. And the band's like, all right, let's just get a fucking groove going. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, and that's how the whole album is. Like, there is no passion behind any of the performances on this album. Yeah. I will give Rob Van Winkle a little credit, though. And, like, his he could be a new metal singer. Like, oh, when he's yeah. not doing all of his fake accents and stuff, like, he doesn't have a horrible voice. It's not bad. His screaming, it's... It's real forced, but he's he's given his level best across the board. It, it's crazy to me that a producer like Ross Robinson, who's known for like pushing vocalists to their absolute emotional right. physical limit, it seems like he just wanted Ice to get him entered in like the next motocross uh, or jet skiing like competition or something like that. He's like, yeah, Ice, your dad, yep, real good. Uh, I don't think he pushed him that much. Oh no, dude. I mean. I'd be surprised if it took longer than a week to record this album. Mm -hmm. Next up is Prozac, and this is actually a Bloodhound Gang song from their 1996 album, One Fierce Beer Coaster, but it's worse, and it doesn't feature the guy from Bloodhound Gang. Yeah, and this is another one where he has a different accent again. The second verse of this song is the opening verse from his song, Oh My Gosh, off of his last record. Yeah. So this is the third incident of this record of him just reusing old lyrics. Yeah, he used two songs on two different albums. Although, I gotta say, I really, like, I don't know why. It's always stuck in my head that, stop as we drop this bomb, blow up this place like another <laughs> Vietnam. Uh, totally. Heavy like a Tyson blow to the dome. Back up, son, give me room, give me room. <laughs> like, how do I know that? I don't know, but yeah, that's 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 what I was googling when I was looking up ice uh, vanilla ice. Vietnam, Vietnam, I knew I got it. Some tasty, tasty treats. Next up is Snafu, which actually features Jimmy Pop from the Bloodhound Gang, and 
real quick, in retrospect, I think Bloodhound Gang is hip hop for Proud Boys. <laughs> oh, dude, I hate the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> this uh, this song, uh, it's got some uh, subtle anti-gay slurs. I'm coming out like George Michael. I don't mm. want to take it in the can. You're not Pringles. That brilliant piece of lyricism. Wow. Deep. Next up is ADD. He's going hard for corn now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. These vocals sound like they found out Jonathan Davis would not be making it to dinner. And Ice was just like, fuck it. I, I, I can do it. We hit the trifecta, the lyrical new metal trifecta. Mm -hmm. He rhymes pain, brain, brain and insane. insane. He, he does, does it. it. Die from no pain, a minimal brain. Damn, I'm like an idiot when I go insane. Stomping through the, the bayou, I, I, I don't understand this album at all. No, I mean, I, I don't really know what he's talking about. What the hell is up with the shrill Halloween noises in the back? Like, I don't know. And the song almost starts with an amen break. It's like really yeah. close. I, I, I don't know. But I have started to notice like all that. Like tone that shit down, Scott. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It, it sounded cool on like one corn album uh, or one corn song. Sure. Well, I mean, we're still, I mean, we're still early in new metal when this album came out. Like he was definitely just trying to cash in. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, it's, it's stuff, stuff hasn't been completely worn out yet. Yeah. Oh God. I really don't want to do this next one. Next up is the horny song. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty gross. It's, it's, it's a pretty gross song. Uh, yeah. Lyrically, it is about vanilla ice fucking, yeah. which is the yeah, most it's... terrible visual ever. Yeah. I mean, the lyrics are super gross. He also manages to work in a motocross reference. He does. So he's ruined sex, weed, and motocross. The chorus of this song is another meth scat. Oh, God. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, dude, this guy's always been a clown, but this shit, this song is so bad. Like, it's like he put this song on the album to get negative press. Like, yeah. It's, well, it's super forced. Ugh. You, you want to shake what your mama gave you. You're getting real hot. Now I'm going to spray you. God. It's like he found out what Adidas meant and was like, I can do that. Oh, right. I'll just call this one uh, the horny song. <laughs> no, this is this is like when you're recording and you're writing albums in the studio, like you label them just if they don't have names yet. And this one, they just wrote, oh, the horny song. Horny song. And when it yeah. came time to actually name it, just like, oh, just leave it. It's funny. Yep. Uh, we have, thank God, reached the end of this album with Freestyle. There's no way you can't convince me that this wasn't just a bunch of dudes looking for studio time and any shot at exposure to a larger audience. So they suffer being around Vanilla Ice. Are they in the, the VIP, the Vanilla Ice posse? No, no. The the VIP was composed uh, strictly of breakdancers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know who these rappers are. I don't know how he knows them. So this song, yeah, it's, it's him doing this super terribly performed white boy rap for the mm. chorus oh no it's a freestyle it's oh my god it's it's so not um next on the mic my man psycho oh and psycho yeah and then psycho raps and like he's pretty good and then he's like next on the mic my man c-note and c-note comes out and he's all right like i kind of like c-note yeah but then the next guy's name is too hype and too hype sucks <laughs> <laughs> And then Vanilla Ice does the last freestyle. None of these are freestyles, by the no, way. No, absolutely Very not. clearly uh, composed. And then Vanilla Ice has, like, his fourth accent on the album on this. And, like, this song doesn't need to be on a new metal record. No. There's nothing new metal about it. I mean, no. there's a little, like, ghost sound guitar noise in the background. But, like, that's it. Yeah. 
this is what happens when you're never told no in life. Um, you, you get this. So that is hard to swallow by vanilla ice. Nick, do you have any parting thoughts on this? I do not have, I mean, we'll put the one song you have to listen to on our playlist, but this album's, it's so bad. I mean, it's very possibly the worst new metal album ever, ever put out. It's definitely the worst thing that Ross Robinson ever did. It's a shitty album. It's a shitty new metal album. Although I have a sneaking suspicion it, if it did not have the name Vanilla Ice attached to it, it probably would have done pretty well. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I really think so. Where are they now? In 2001, he released Bipolar, and this was conceived as a double album. Uh, it was going to have the new metal side called Scabs with a Z. And the hip-hop side would be called Bomb the System. Those two albums were eventually combined into one agonizing 24-track album. It features appearances from Ice-T, Chuck D, and a voicemail skit from Ross Robinson where he talks about a recent motocross accident and mentions that he's currently producing Slipknot's album. So at least somebody's doing good. Ice has also fully embraced the Juggalo lifestyle. He's a self-proclaimed juggalo now. And in 2005, we would see him return to hip-hop with the crunk stylings of Platinum Underground 2. This album also featured Go Ninja Go 2, because juggalos refer to themselves as ninjas. Oh, that's why he did it. Okay, that makes sense. In 2008, Vanilla Ice released Vanilla Ice is Back, Hip Hop Classics. This song leads off naturally with a new recorded version of ice ice baby because why not record it again gotta make that money fuck you chocolate he goes on on this album to cover you dropped a bomb on me by the gap band fight the power by public enemy which is super offensive that like a white rapper is covering it yeah does he say the part where he goes fair con is a prophet that i think y'all ought to listen to Oh, I really, I, I'm going to have to go back and listen. I don't know. I didn't listen to it. He does Jump Around by House of Pain. He, for some reason, he does Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. He does Buffalo Soldier by Bob Marley. Wow. Which is like the most tone deaf thing ever. And then wow. he does Insane in the Brain by Cypress Hill. And then he has three more remixes of Ice Ice Baby. There's the Rock Hero mix, the Club Crasher mix, and the New Romantic mix. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he pulled a headstrong with Ice Ice He Baby. did. He did. And in his cover of Insane in the Brain, it features samples from hits from the bong. So I think he thought he was being real clever. Oh, look at that. Levels. There's levels to Ice. <laughs> he has been on a shit ton of reality TV shows. Big time. Yep. Uh, most notably, he's the star of the Vanilla Ice Project on the DIY channel, where he remodels homes because, of course, he does. And that is now entering its 10th season. So, all told, life has turned out pretty good for the Iceman. He gets to rock out at the Gathering of the Juggalos. He's got a steady TV gig flipping houses. Um, and I think I'd like to think that he finally found peace in this world. Yeah, I mean, he went to jail last year or two years ago. <laughs> okay, maybe not. He got caught, uh, like, stealing a bunch of shit from, like, a house that was getting flipped. <laughs> Jesus, really? Yeah, which is weird because I mean he's like rich again because he's made a ton of money from his uh, his his house flipping shows. He's like an expert house flipper. I don't even know how many shows he's been on, but it's a lot. Yeah, it is. But yeah, he did he did go to jail like two years ago. Oh well, 
maybe those street roots were true. No, he's yeah. just a redneck from Florida. Yeah, you know, ripping off copper wire or whatever. Oh, 100%. That concludes Hard to Swallow by Robert Van Winkle. And it truly was hard to swallow. Yes, it was. Nick, what have you been listening to? Well, it, it ties in with the next uh, episode for us in two weeks. We're going to be covering Spit by Kitty. And because of that, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Kitty outside of Spit. Because they, I'll, I'll talk about it a lot in a couple weeks. Uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with Kitty, uh, listen up. They were um, the only all-female new metal band that I ever knew of. And it was the first time I ever heard a, a, a woman scream in a song uh, before, like you know, a metal song. And I had no idea that like their career lasted like much longer than that. I kind of just pegged them as like this one album wonder, but like they actually put out some pretty, pretty cool stuff. Um, so if I'm going to pick a song, let's go with Cutthroat off of In the Black by Kitty. Kind of in the same vein, I have been listening to Transitional Forms by Sharptooth. Oh, yeah, that shit's great. Oh, my God, that shit goes really hard. Good. For those of you who haven't heard it, Sharptooth is a hardcore band out of Baltimore, and they are female-fronted, which, you know, it shouldn't matter, but it does because she is using that platform to talk about a lot of social justice issues, a lot of gender uh, issues, and really just, she's fucking brutal. She is so brutal behind the mic. Yeah, Yeah, I really like her. Yeah, she's just a she seems like a cool person. I follow her on Instagram. She's interesting. Yeah, I mean the band is just so tight. Their approach to hardcore, the content of just their songs and uh just the vocals fucking rip. So, if I had to recommend a song, I would just go with the lead-off track. Uh it's called Say Nothing in the Absence of Content. Also watch the video for that. It's pretty great. Uh and yeah, Sharp Tooth is an absolute nice. Yeah, that's a good that's a good suggestion for sure. All right, Nick, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Days of the New, D A Y Z of the New N U. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick underscore the underscore knife. And you can find me on Instagram at K J D E L U R Y. And you cannot find me on Twitter because I don't want to really stir up any uh, gang robberies from when I lived in, uh, you know, uh, Fort Lauderdale or maybe, maybe it was Key West. I forget. Uh, you know, the point is, uh, point is, is that I got I got people watching for me. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm very cool. I'm very awesome. Everything I do is awesome. I'm great. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week with a, another Mosh Pit episode. Later. Later. Show me